0: Hi, I'm Judy Frazier, president and founder of We the Kids. We the Kids puts God back into America's history. Listening
1: to We the Kids radio show will inspire you and your kids to have a positive American identity, clear direction, and a powerful purpose for your life. Thank you for listening.
0: Welcome to We The Kids radio show for kids from eight to 108. I am Arch Hunter, a father, a husband and an historian.
1: And I'm Lydia Nuttall, a mom and executive board member for We The Kids and author of Forgotten American Stories Celebrating America's Constitution. And later on in the show, we're going to hear from the We The Kids Liberty Players.
0: The mission of We The Kids is to put God back into America's stories, to help American kids be proud to be an American, to love and defend America's constitution, and learn the principles of freedom that established unprecedented freedom in our country so that they can preserve freedom in America.
1: And that is so important. That's why we're doing this show. So we're glad you're listening.
0: Today's Forgotten American Story. What's the Forgotten Story of America's National Historical Parks? And Lydia, would you like to review with our listeners about this Sammy that we had on in the previous show? <laughs>
1: Yes, it was awesome. Sammy is one of our youngest We the Kids Liberty players. She's been on the We the Kids radio show with us before quite a few times. And one of the last times she was on the show, she shared with us her experience visiting some national historic parks in Pennsylvania when she was there visiting with her mom. She got to tour Valley Forge National Historic Park and got to see the Liberty Bell and Independence Hall at Independence Hall National Park there in Pennsylvania. So it's just fun to talk with her and hear her perspective of why she liked going to these parks and visiting them. And I think if I remember correctly, her bottom line recap was she loved being to these places that she learned about or heard about, but being there was so much more fun and memorable for her and made the history that she had learned in the classroom or in a book come alive for her. Is that what you remembered?
0: Yes, that I do remember. And Lydia, share with our listeners again, how old Sammy is because <laughs> it was astounding that she talked and act much older than her years.
1: Than 11 years old, she 11 years old. 11. Yep. She's amazing. All our We the Kids Liberty players are awesome. But it is does have a phenomenal uh, maturity for being 11 years old, for being able to articulate.
0: And I know that her looking at all these parks, probably the Best part for her was hanging out with you and I and a few other cool people that um, she usually doesn't get to hang around. Correct? Yeah,
1: like even Russ, our producer. Yes. And, Russ. and Judy, who's and, the president and founder of We the Kids, and, and Susan.
0: And Susan, the owner of the radio station. Yeah. Yes. yes it so. was awesome. It was. Okay, well, let's talk about the national parks. Give us a little background on the national parks, the importance of them, and how we can use them to expand our knowledge of our background and our history.
1: Well, I have had the unique experience of traveling to, I think we've been to about 39 states in America in the last four-year, five-year time period, my daughter and I, and The purpose was to try to get the Forgotten American Stories celebrating America's Constitution into every state of the Union back in 2016 when it was first printed. And I thought, well, while we're going to these states, let's go make memories by going to these historical places and monuments and national parks that really solidify or showcase America or American heritage, or American history. So we went to, I've counted to about 41, maybe probably more than that, historical places, and parks, national parks in America. And in preparation for the show, I tried to type out a list of all the ones we have been to, and I discovered they're named differently. There's a national park, there's national monuments, there's national memorials, there are national historic parks, a National Historic Sites, and I thought, okay, what's the difference? Do you know the difference of them, Arch?
0: Well, I do, and uh, but I have a question for you. Okay. One, is there one that you have that is your favorite? And two, does your daughter, who you took to all these places, have one that stands out in her mind?
1: Well, lucky yes, we get to interview her in a future show. I am going to guess though, without asking that one of her favorites is, I know Niagara Falls was a neat one for her to go to. So I'm going to guess that one and we'll find out if I'm right or not. Uh, For me, it was really hard. It's really hard for me to look at this list and go, okay, what was my favorite? Because for instance, the Lewis and Clark National Historic Mm -hmm. Park, And then I loved Grand Tetons and Yellowstone National Parks Mm -hmm. and then Appomattox Courthouse National Historic Park. I I loved and they're all for different reasons. It's really hard to pick, but if I had to to choose them, uh, I would go with, for instance, Lewis and Clark. I loved because one of my favorite books was reading Undaunted Courage. And it was about the Lewis and Clark expedition back in the early 1800s. They traveled 8,000 miles back in the 1800s. No planes, folks, no cars, no automobiles. They did it by river and they did it by hiking. And at one point they purchased horses, but they traveled from, in essence, the Mississippi River to that part of the country clear to the Pacific Ocean in Washington and So to go to Fort Clatsop National Historic Park in Washington and see where they wintered for, hunkered down for the winter after they traveled for a whole year to get to the Pacific Ocean, that was really, I don't know, me that was just memorable. I love that. I just thought they went a long way to get to this Pacific Ocean. That didn't take me very long at all to drive to in a car. So that's one of them.
0: You want to guess what my favorite national park is?
1: No, I don't. Yes, I do.
0: No, you don't. It's Jellystone National Park.
1: Jellystone. Oh, Yogi Bear country. Yogi Bear and Boo Boo. Boo -Boo
0: Now, listeners, that's a joke. There is no Jellystone National Park. Yeah,
1: it's Yellowstone National Park. Do you know where is it? Have you been there? I'm assuming you've been there. That's why it's your favorite.
0: Jellystone
1: National. Park? No, Yellowstone.
0: Oh, uh, it's Yellowstone. And it's you know. I just read this morning that they have over a billion dollars worth of damage with all the flooding ooh, that, ooh. that they it finally subsided and they only opened parts of it, you know, this morning. So, wow. Um, well, I don't have necessarily a favorite national park because my mind goes in different directions. So let's segue Lydia, share with our listeners the difference between a national historical park and a national park.
1: Actually, it'll be easy for me to say what the difference is between a national park and a national monument first. So let's go there first. So okay. I'm going to read to you what I so all this whole list of all the parks I've been to. Here are the national parks. And some of you listeners, you may have been to some of these national parks. Uh, there's the Grand Tetons. There's Yellowstone, Grand Canyon, Mammoth Cave National Park in Kentucky, Gateway Arch National Park in Missouri. You've got Arches and Canyonlands and Zion's National Park in Utah. You have, of course, Independence Hall National Park. They're in Pennsylvania in your stomping ground. There's Niagara Falls in New York. There's the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in North Carolina and Tennessee in that area is where the actual park headquarters is. And then White Sands National Park. So if you get the gist of it, the national parks, are protected for their scenic and their inspirational and their educational and recreational value. So the reason why for preserving those lands is for those reasons. And then then you have the national monuments. They're protected because they have objects of historical, cultural, or scientific interest. National monuments are actually established by the president. He's the one that can designate national monuments, whereas national parks are designated by Congress. Did you know that? I didn't even know that. I had to do some research on all this to find out the answers to my questions. But that's the difference between national parks and national monuments. So some examples of national monuments, remember these are lands designated because they have maybe some scientific interest as well as cultural and historical. So we've been to Dinosaur National Monument in Utah, There's Bandelier National Monument in New Mexico. That's where some ancestral Pueblo people, Puebloans, I think is how you pronounce (laughs) it. Don't say that fast. Um, In the Southwest lived. um, So that's preserved. You've got Fort McHenry there in Maryland is a national monument where the Battle of 1814 was fought against the British. We were trying to hold strong Fort McHenry, and that's where Francis got key was a witness of the bombardment by the British of our American Fort McHenry. And that's where he felt inspired to pen the words to our national anthem. And that's in Maryland. Then we have the Statue of Liberty National Monument. That one kind of makes sense. It's actually really a monument. So there you go, the difference between national parks and national monuments. What do you think?
0: There was a few in there that are not only a national park, but they're a national historical park like uh, Fort McHenry. Yes. So in my mind, Lydia, the difference between a national historical park and a national park is when we go to the national parks and we see the splendor and awe of nature, it brings me back to the ultimate power of God. Mm. And just seeing the vastness and the beauty of nature and seeing that in the power of God, that's just a speck. When we look at that and we're starstruck by the immenseness and the beauty and the power that we see in so many of our national parks, for instance, like like Yellowstone, you know, and and just to see the or Mount Rushmore, you know, we look at these places and then with the national historical parks, we know that something of major significance happened near there or on those different sites that radically give us so much of the founding of the history of our nation.
1: That makes total sense. So for instance, the Lewis and Clark National Historic Park, Mm -hmm. something very significant happened there in history. Uh, Cumberland Gap National Mm -hmm. Historic Park in Kentucky. That was the first great gateway to the West And it was it was kind of a natural break in the Appalachian Mountains so that the people that colonized or the the eastern states there along the Atlantic coast could then start moving their families Mm -hmm. and expanding into, for instance, Kentucky. Yay. That was fun to visit. Um, right, now, if,
0: now, before you go on, I have to, you gave a yay to Kentucky. Why would you give a yay to well, Kentucky?
1: Well, <laughs> yay, more yay, not necessarily to Kentucky, but yay, they had a way to expand. Instead of just being all crammed there in the eastern states, now they can start moving into, for instance, the Ohio River Valley is very, very fertile, okay. and they can start farming in there. And I loved, back as a young girl... Daniel Boone, reading about Daniel Boone, you know, the frontiersman. <laughs> well, he's one of the ones that, wasn't well, he one of the ones that helped clear the way through the Cumberland Gap so that I, there could be a way, you know, it was, it's so densely forested, everybody. There's so many trees. How do you move a horse and a wagon through there? Uh, but he's the one that helped with his frontiersman clear the way. That's... So- so, My Lydia, when
0: you were a young girl, you didn't know Daniel Boone. I, th- I thought that's where you were going with oh, that. Oh,
1: thank right? you. No, I did not know him no. personally. Okay. I like you. I know you're Best Buds, right?
0: Uh, I'm a Jim Bowie <laughs> fan myself, oh, you know, but you know, they right. were. Uh, so uh, tell us, what is the importance of the national parks and the national historical parks and why you found how important it was to visit them, but also to take your daughter?
1: Well... I just love America and it is so much fun for instance, to go on road trips and see the differences in the terrain as we drove through different states in America or flew to different states in America and then rented a car and then drove through, I just called it pockets of areas throughout the states in that area. And I loved getting connected to the people. When you're at a gas station in kentucky for example pumping gas yeah you kentucky. get to know yeah there we go yeah kentucky or or tennessee or west virginia you know all the hills wow west virginia has a lot of it's very hilly uh, and it, i don't know i just have great fond memories of all of america because of all of it that we've traveled and the experiences of meeting the people there. There's so many patriotic people, was kind of my takeaway from traveling all over America who love America. It doesn't matter if they're of a different faith than me or a different political affiliation than me or a different race than me, is there are a lot of people that love America, especially almost everyone that I met had someone they knew, whether a relative or a friend serving in the military. And this was kind of a surprise for me because they valued what that friend or that mm-hmm. relative was doing, giving service in our military, and and, and so I love those takeaways. I let we camped a lot, uh, and, and so you really get close to the land. And I mean camp. It was not glamping. It was camping. It's with a tent. You okay, know, well, you are on the land.
0: You've totally you've totally lost me now. I was as soon as you said the word camp or <laughs> camping, but I know there's a lot of people who love camping. So, Lydia, how do we know that our government, the federal government, has placed this importance in national parks and national historical parks? And then I have a follow-up question for you.
1: Oh, boy, you're making me nervous. Well, I know know they know it's important because – and don't forget, government means we the people because we the people are the ones that govern the rest of us. And so Americans in our government – have found it important enough to preserve these lands because we have i figured out we have 64 national parks those are the ones that are awe-inspiring you know the land features are just awe-inspiring that's like what arch said and we have over 128 national monuments that have been designated by our past presidents so just the sheer number of those and i think i read somewhere that we have somewhere around 420 Mm -hmm. national park sites so whether you call it a National Historic Park or a National Monument or just a national park, we've got about 420 of them all throughout America. And I love that. And it was basically to preserve, by law, these areas are preserved from, for instance, people building houses there, putting factories there and Suburban in sprawl essence. that we yes, see. Yes, suburban so right now. <laughs> sprawl. It's to keep. It's to preserve it for not just our generation, but for future generations.
0: And Lydia, Congress in March of 1872 was when they they established Yellowstone National Park, and that was our first national park. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know for the longest time that we were the first nation to designate areas as national parks. And since our first one in 1872, there's now 100 nations that have Woo. over 1,200 national parks throughout their countries. Also, so not that only did awesome. our not only did our government see the importance of preserving these lands so that we are able to capture the beauty and awesomeness of these places, but seeing that other countries saw that also, so that's th- awesome. Th- my, now because i live in a, a world of education which you do also my right? slant is the national historical parks so what is the importance of our national historical parks as well as the national parks
1: so with the historical parks for instance that would be like minuteman national historic park in massachusetts or adams john adams abigail adams national historic park also in massachusetts There's the Appomattox Courthouse National Historic Park in Virginia, which I loved. And Valley Forge, I have to put a plug in because Arch gives tours of Valley Forge National Historic Park in Pennsylvania. And that's in, I'm sorry, what, is in what state is that, Lydia? Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Yay, everybody. Pennsylvania. Yay. And Washington Crossing Historic Yay, Park. Yay, Pennsylvania is there. again. Yep, also Pennsylvania, as well as the Independence Hall National Historic Park in Pennsylvania. So these are really important because they preserve pieces of American history or segments of American history that are of importance that have shaped our nation. For instance, here's what I love about Appomattox Courthouse National Park in Virginia. I learned some amazing takeaways for myself that I could apply to myself from what I learned happened at Appomattox. For instance, Appomattox, that was the end of the Civil War. That's where it concluded there. General Lee and General Grant, General Lee was leading the southern states against the northern states led by General Grant. And so I was actually there to see where all that happened, and I could just visualize as I'm learning about how this signing of the treaty, peace treaty transpired, I can see the fences. I can see the dirt road where General Grant and General Lee could have ridden up to the courthouse in order to sign this document of peace. I learned I, I could just see General Grant still with his riding boots on, with some mud on them from his ride getting to that location. I, I remember the tour guide saying that General Lee, on the other hand, was spit-polish cleaned, like he was in his best suit. Everything was clean, his boots, everything for this event. I loved learning, and I could see, and because I was there, where they handed to the Confederate troops who they they had lost, Uh, they printed out these pieces of paper that the Confederate troops could carry with them as they dispersed and went back to their homes in the South. That, what was it? It gave them, in essence it said, they're on parole, they're they're free, they can go back home. They They were pardoned, pardoned. there you go, pardoned. And that we as Americans should accept them into our homes and take care of them and feed them on their travels back. General Grant even said, look, I know that some of you have used your personal horses, you have your personal firearms, you are allowed to take those back with you to your homes. We're not gonna confiscate them. We know these are important to you and you're gonna need your horse you know, when you get back home. So I just thought that was amazing. And I could see even when I learned that the union troops all lined both sides of the walkway where General Lee and Grant would then leave the Appomattox Courthouse, And they saluted, they gave a salute to the soldiers, the Confederate soldiers, they're, you know, they used to be enemies, you know, they're fighting against each other. But out of respect, they saluted these men who were on the opposing side and treated them with such respect. And I just thought, wow, I I was very touched by the story and being there just made it all so much more real.
0: And Lydia, as an educator, I now have the privilege of teaching teachers. And one of the courses that I teach in the summer, and all the courses I teach are in the summer, but I take teachers to the different national historical sites and battlefields and historical sites. And we teach the teachers what happened on that site when we're there and what you were just describing is what we're encouraging our listeners to visit these national parks, visit these historical parks, go look at these national monuments, because when we visualize them and we see them, then we have a greater understanding of what took place there and a more of an emotional bond to why that monument is there or what happened there. And so our government, the federal government, way back in 1872, understood the importance of not only the natural historical parks or the national parks, but the historical parks that would needed to be preserved also. Because what you're describing is the best way we learn by seeing, tasting, touching, experiencing these places. So that it's is, true. you know, and that this is why it's so important that we preserve them, we protect them, we continue to preserve them and protect them so that we and future generations of Americans can see our history, can see the tremendous beauty and power that this nation has geographically and historically to continue to preserve that for the future generations.
1: And it changes you inside. It does. I really have felt like I am a better person going to Valley Forge, for instance, with my daughter, and even meeting Arch there, et cetera, and having Arch give us a tour and everything. And when you're standing in those replicas of the shelters that the Continental soldiers had to stay in over the winter, you really value what they did. for us in order to help us become independent from the tyranny of the government of Great Britain and so we could have freedom, unprecedented freedom. By the way, do you know, we're going to go to national parks, um, to that subject, do you know which state has the most national parks?
0: California.
1: Hey, you guessed it right. California has nine national parks. Do you know what state
0: has no national parks or no national historic parks?
1: uh delaware, delaware right? doesn't yeah. have anything anything or delaware go mm. delaware you got to get so, some so alaska they, was second second yeah. most highest national parks. alaska had eight by the way do you know who had the third yes most? i
0: know you call, utah your Lydia state has five, you has just, five. That. and
1: colorado just got its fifth also so we're it, actually now tied with colorado in march of 2022 mm-hmm. our president designated i hope i'm saying this right designated our latest national park our 64th national historic. park it's a, a machi national historic site or parks in colorado and it's to commemorate the japanese americans during world war ii who were contained there they were forced to live there during the war 1942 to 1945. so that's there to commemorate one of the warts of american history
0: we need, where we we... need to look at the good the yep. bad the ugly so so yep. listeners we encourage all of you, all of us, to visit our national parks, to visit our national historical parks, to look at all the national monuments and the national memorials, for us to appreciate not just the beauty and the tremendous geography that we possess in this country, but also to see our rich heritage and what people have done before us to give us what we have today in this wonderful country that we live. So we want to encourage you to all do that and continue to do that. And that's the way we can really understand who we are, what we are, and why we need to continue to preserve our heritage for future generations.
1: Amen. So
0: so we'd like to (laughs) invite everybody that's 8 to 108 to ponder this week this question. Which of America's national parks for national monuments for national memorials or national historical parks (laughs) or sites you would like to visit. Make a plan, take your family and your friends and make plans to go visit these places so that we can understand who we are, where we've been, and how we continue to preserve for our future generations.
1: Now we invite you to see what the We The Kids Liberty players are up to. So today we have with us one of our newer We The Kids Liberty players. He's been on with us before and he's with us again today because he had so much fun doing the first one. Right, Wyatt? Yeah. Yay. So Wyatt, tell us again how old you are and where do you live? I am nine years old and I live in Arizona. Yay, another Arizona resident. We're excited to have you on, Wyatt. So I have a question for you and that is who is your favorite founding father or founding mother, but I'm guessing you probably picked founding father. Am I right? Yeah. I thought so. Okay, so share with us, who is it and why did you pick that person? It's Thomas Jefferson. <gasps> he's my favorite too. Okay, do tell, tell me why he's your favorite. He's the author of the Declaration of Independence. Okay, is there any other reason why you picked him or just that? Just that, and I like the name. Oh, uh, which name? Do you like Thomas or do you like Jefferson? Jefferson. You like Jefferson? Are you going to name one of your kids Jefferson? <laughs> no, it's kind of a big question. But I'm just wondering. Oh, maybe. maybe. Well, that's awesome. So you must like the Declaration of Independence, then. Is there a reason why you like the Declaration of Independence? To have chosen Thomas Jefferson as one of your favorite founding fathers? It's um, how they declared for our um, freedom. Yep, they definitely did declare our liberty from Great Britain. We wanted to be free and independent, which is awesome. Well, good. Thank you for sharing that with us, Wyatt. We'll have you on again for sure, okay? Okay. All right. See you later, Gator. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hey, kids. Go to we the kids.
0: us and watch the Constitution for Kids videos. If you would like to be a We the Kids living player, let us know. You can contact us at we the kids team at gmail.com. We want to invite everyone from eight to 108 to listen and please join us on We The Kids radio show and to hear more forgotten stories. Learn the principles of freedom that established unprecedented freedom in America so that we can all, whether we're eight or 108, preserve our freedom.